It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome, everyone, to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between our physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental selves. And since March of this year, everyone knows we've been living in a COVID world, a COVID-19 world, where the physical health of all of us has been front and center. So I've been explaining that if you go to Boomers Forever Young on my website and click on their link, you'll be able to read about and watch some videos and read some testimonies about people that have been using these products for quite a long time. In fact, Victoria, who's my guest today, used them when she was walking the Appalachian Trail. Yes. So um, they do make a difference. And one of the most important products that they have is actually the one that uh, Victoria used, which is Gladiator Barley. And that removes the toxins from your body. It also rebuilds muscle. It helps with endurance, and I think you can testify to that. Definitely. um, So, uh, and it removes inflammation. So it helps all of us, whether we're female or male, be gladiators uh, during the day and uh, sometimes even at night. So it's definitely a benefit for our physical well-being. Um, If you decide that you want to order anything on their website, if you do use my first name, L-U-C-Y, you will get $5 off of your order each and every time. And so I'm welcoming back Victoria Hawkins. And Victoria has been a long time guest, I would say, for at least, um, oh, I don't know, at least two years now, probably. Oh, yes. And so we've had a number of shows we've done together, and they're always fun and educational and certainly very spiritual. And uh, so I want to tell you a little bit about Victoria's background. Um, She is an LCSW, so she's a licensed uh, social worker. And so we have a lot in common in that regard. Um, But uh, she's also an artist. She's an author. She is a psychotherapist. She's a yoga and dance instructor. And she has this wonderful, nifty little studio that's just down the street from me now. Um, She's created a whole self approach in working with students and clients of all ages. And she incorporates her art, creative movement, wisdom teachings, creative writing, and the yoga and belly dancing uh, as a way to kind of get people into their bodies, maybe a little more than just in their heads. Would that be accurate? Absolutely, yes. Okay, tell them where they can find you, and then we'll start talking about the show we're gonna do today. Sure. Uh, The best way to find me right now is through either our website, which is Hypnique Studio, H-I-P-N-I-Q-U-E-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. And that's a great place to connect with what we have going on at the studio. And it also has a place to shoot me an email or even contact me. Uh, by phone if you would like to get more information regarding the classes. And then we even have a lot of these wellness workshops going on, especially as we go into the new year this year. And a lot of these are done, um, you know, by Zoom. So people can be all over the States and actually watch and participate. They don't have to get in their car and drive. Correct. Thank you for mentioning that too, Lucy. The majority of our classes, um, our weekly classes, as well as our workshops, we are holding those live streaming. So that is a great way to find us, even even if you are completely across the country. So, yeah. or beyond, I, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're well aware of December 21st, right? And how- Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that all of us that have a spiritual bend to our lives are going to be out there watching Saturn and Jupiter and forming this Christmas star. But as I understand it, it's, you know, an alignment um, to yes. uh, vibrational frequencies. So that's pretty cool because I think we all need to be back in alignment. Absolutely. And it's interesting because that day is always a pretty powerful day for me. Mm-hmm. For the last few years, I have 
uh, intentionally taken 21 days in December from the 1st through the 21st to really focus and commit to a theme. Uh-huh. And so the 21st is around winter solstice every year. It's usually on that day or right around there. Mm-hmm. And so it's always a really important time for me. And then this year it has this added piece with the alignment. Um, it's, it's pretty powerful, I think. <laughs> I, I think so too. I really do. Um, and the thing that, um, uh, before we get started with our actual topic, but I just think this is so important for people to maybe understand is um, on that particular day, instead of the moon coming up the way it normally would, uh, it actually starts appearing a little bit after 12 noon during the day. Oh, and wow. So as we move to the evening setting um, of the sun, the moon is actually going to be on that western horizon as well. They're going to both be there kind of together. And then Saturn and Jupiter are about four or five inches above the horizon if you're looking southwest. So the moon will be there. The sun will, uh, you won't be able to see the stars until probably close to six uh, because the sun actually goes down at 540 on the 21st but you'll be able to then begin to see where the stars are. And for those of us that have apps on our phone, we can, you know, confirm it. But right. um, I think most people would be looking for the moon in a different place. And it's actually going to be, you know, Southwest. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to be talking today about uh, ways to unwind. And also seeing the sacred in simple things. And I absolutely love that as a topic when you and I were talking, because I think sometimes during the holidays, our lives are more complex. And this year, it's even tougher for so many people because you're not going to be able to be, you know, with family. Yes, Um, yes. And so how is that working for you? I know you said a little bit ago that, you know, you do 21 days. And so let's kind of go there. Yeah. So I, um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about how that started for me too with the 21 days and how it began for December, that that was when I chose to begin it. Um, I believe it was five years ago now. I was really coming to a place for myself where I was reevaluating. And I know we do that as humans all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, five years, 10 years, we tend to do it in chunks like that, I think, where maybe we have a period where we go, okay, you know, things, some things are going well, maybe other things aren't going well. Uh, to be honest, at that point, things were going so much better in my life than, than previous times that it wasn't that it was a, a bad time. I'd like, you know, it wasn't a bad time for me. It was just more of a, a time for reevaluation. And you may know this already, Lucy, and some of our listeners may too, but I always do a new commitment for the year at my birthday, which is in September. But also just like everybody towards the end of the year, I self-evaluate some. Mm-hmm. So five years ago, I decided to do something that's traditionally done in yoga, in yoga practice, which is called a sadhana. And it is committing to 21 days of doing something. Like it might be a mantra practice. It might be a meditation. It could be choosing to release something. So that first one that I did was called the surrender sadhana. And the way that I kept myself accountable was I invited a few people to be in it with me Mm -hmm. and I sent them emails every morning from December 1st through December 21st with something inspirational around the idea of surrender. And that was how it began. And then every year I've done it since then. And then other times I do it throughout the year now too. But the December one is really powerful to me because that was the first one. And when I first did that um, commitment time, what I noticed was, I mean, it was about surrender. So it was letting go of things, both things that maybe weren't serving me as well as letting go of all my ideas I had. 
And what really came about was um, just, it was very clear to me what those next steps were in my life because I had spent that time reflecting. So this year I was meditating on what would be a value for us because I mean, I've done them on compassion. I've done them on uh, celebration, harmony, all different things. How do you arrive at the actual title of what you're going to do? Is that okay, something yes. that you kind of meditate with and then the word pops in? Yes. And I ask for signs. And one of the, one of the last times you and I spoke, we talked a lot about signs uh -huh. um, and, you know, the way that we can get signs. So one of the things that I love to do is, is just go into a place of listening, which is meditation to me, you know, listening listening to my guidance. And prior to that, I will just ask the question, you know, can you please show me a sign as to what will be, I usually say for the highest and best good mm -hmm. uh, for myself and those joining me this year when it's specifically for this. And then I just start kind of listening and watching, you know, listening with my ears, watching with my eyes to see what signs I get. So for me this year, I started thinking about the word sacred. So the word sacred started like kind of rolling around in my head. Then, <laughs> then I always put it, I'll write it in my phone, you know, like the memos section or whatever. Uh huh. So I'll start writing ideas that come to me. Like I just wrote the word sacred and just with some question marks or something. And then I noticed I started hearing that word, which isn't the most popular word. You know, it's not like people walk around <laughs> saying sacred. <laughs> right, right, no. It's kind of an old timey word in a way. Mm -hmm. So once I started, once I had written down that word, because really it just, that word popped into my head later that day. Then I started listening for signs and I started hearing that word sacred from various people, something I was reading. And... And so I was like, okay, the sacred sadhana is what this going is going to be. And then the next part to me that started becoming clear was actually something that you had mentioned. The holidays are already complex for people. And you and I know having worked in the, in the mental health and wellness field for so many years, it is a complex time for people a lot of times mm -hmm. where it can be joyful but it can also hold loss and grief and things of that nature. Right. And then on top of it, as you noted, this year we've had even more of those types of things and, and just higher stress levels as an entire world, as well as our culture around us. So the word simple came to me. And I thought about that a lot, like, how can I come back to what is simple? And simple isn't always easy, right? It, sometimes no. simple actually can be more challenging right. to do things in a more simple way. Right. But it is simple. There's not many, <laughs> there's not much to it. So that's the, that was kind of the process for me. A lot of it's just going into meditation to see what's going to be best and then allowing myself to see those signs of what you know, is going to be the focus. Then once I create the focus, um, I set aside a time every day. I used to do it really, I used to get up super early in the morning at like four o'clock in the morning to write it and send it out. Now I actually do it the night before. And that's just because my schedule has changed where I actually, I teach later at night. And so getting up at four is a little too much for my body right now. So I do the writing the night before and I create a window of about an hour for myself just to write whatever comes to me in that email that will go out the next day. And I usually put a little practice in there too, like, um, you know, a meditative practice or an activity for them to do and a journal prompt. So something to kind of think about that day. Right. I was going to say that, um, you know, for people that aren't that familiar with journaling um, or, you know, making a habit out of writing a little something every day, that the first go round uh, when you sit down with your journal or with your paper and your pen and maybe a glass of water so you don't have to get up, 
um, a lot of times you won't hear anything in your head or maybe yes. you'll hear uh, some sort of silly chatter saying, yeah, you really think that you're going to have some thoughts here? <laughs> Guess again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but if they get into the habit of, of doing it, I know for me, um, you, know, you know, you're never supposed to think about whether you spelled it correctly mm -hmm. or whether, um, you know, punctuation or mm -hmm. uh, paragraphs or anything else, just write and then read it after you have written. And I was so shocked the very first time that it started coming through because it's like automatic writing. And yes. then you'll be so surprised at what you've put down. Yeah, and I think that that's why I like to offer the prompts with the, with the daily emails. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it is easier to begin, if it's not something you're familiar with, to begin with answering a question. You know, like, oh, okay. This is something to think about today. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been fun. Uh, we're, so we're not quite halfway through already, which is amazing to me. It's always, when I start, it always feels like a long time, 21 days. 21 days, right. And then it's like, it goes by in a snap always. Um, so I will say that it's been going very well for me because it, has allowed me to come into more of a listening to my inner voice, which is what happens, I feel, every year with this, mm -hmm. no matter what the topic is. Listening more to my inner voice, following that guidance, guidance and letting go of the other chatter that's there in my head. Mm -hmm. And I also think with this year, adding that idea of the sacred in the simple, it's bringing me to be much more mindful and aware of the things in my life that are right here and now, and many of them all the time, no matter what the circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, one of the things I wrote a bit about was seeing the signs that we do get from the universe or source. And I wrote about the first time that I saw a heart in something of nature. Sure, yeah. I really noticed it, you know? And that was um, many years ago now when my kids were still in like elementary school. Maybe one of them might have been middle, but I think they were both elementary, which is a long time ago now because they're 18 and 15. <laughs> but, um, I, they ate the same exact thing every day. One had a peanut butter and honey sandwich. The other one had peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> one had grapes and the other had strawberries. And then they both had pretzels that they would have. Like that was their lunch every single day. So you can get in a routine of just making it, right, as a mom. But I was really working that day for whatever reason on really being more mindful and noticing of my moments. So I was like, you know what? I am going to be more mindful as I'm making this lunch and or lunches and put love into them and, you know, think about how much I appreciate my kids. And as I'm cutting up this strawberry, I cut I cut it open and there was a heart. You know how the strawberries have like a white on oh, the inside? Yeah. There was a heart shape on the inside of the strawberry. <laughs> and I was like, just so blown away and amazed. Of course, I took a picture with it on my phone. Mm -hmm. I posted it on my social media. And it began this, this uh, ongoing conversation that I have with the universe where it sends me hearts. And the coolest thing about that is a lot of them are through nature in some way, like, you know, just simple nature that's already there, but also it can be through other things too. And other people, like people that are my friends, but even people that don't know me that well, because I post them all the time, they, they send me hearts now. So someone will find a heart in something or see it in something and they'll shoot me a text if they know me personally, or sometimes they'll post it on my social media Mm -hmm. and it's like I said it's become this conversation with the universe with divine and me where I feel truly supported and loved and that to me is one of the things about what is sacred like seeing the divine in things mm -hmm. you know seeing the light in things 
seeing the magic and the miracles in creation. Right. Uh, it's just, it becomes mind blowing when you really pay attention to it. I remember one time when we recorded, and this has probably been a good, it could even be a year ago now, I don't know, but there was a cat in the window. And uh, you remember, and it has yes. um, a heart shape on its um, chest, I think. Yes. So it was a gray and white cat, but the, the gray um, heart was very visible. It was. And thank you for that reminder. I mean, I remember too, we took, I took a picture of that as well. <laughs> the cat posed for you. <laughs> it did. It posed for me. I could see the heart on its chest. And it was just like, again, these ongoing um, communications. And that's the idea, I believe, around this particular sadhana. And I think the reason why um, I was led to do that this year and for us to talk about it as well during this time. It was so, it's so wonderful how this was orchestrated for us because, of course, we set this date a whole long time ago at this point. Oh, we did, probably four and a half months ago. Yes, and I really do think right now, as things have been so challenging, for they've been challenging for everyone in some way the ways it's been challenging might be different, but it's been challenging for everyone in some way this year. Um, and maybe continues to be a little bit too, as we move forward, because there, we still are dealing with a lot of different things. Um, coming back to what we see as sacred, important, valuable, and knowing that we are seen as sacred, valuable, and important by, you know, what I believe to be this bigger source um, that's here for us, I feel like that is a really powerful thing to be able to share with people during this time and to feel it for ourselves. Yeah, I would say that is incredibly true. Um, a lot of people, because we're so separate, <clears throat> you know, I mean, even the mask, you, you can't see a smile, Yeah, you know, on anybody's face anymore. And so, you know, their eyes might reveal that they're smiling, but you can't see that smile. And right. a lot of times voices are somewhat muffled, you know, behind a mask. And so you're not really sure what somebody might even be saying. Um, but I think the separateness that has been occurring because you, you're not even able to be with your families other than yes. through Zoom or through FaceTime or something like that. But we're separate from one another you know, just as the human race right now. Yes. And everybody has this fear that is the foundation of their life. So um, on a cellular level, you know, we're doing so much damage, you know, internally to our bodies at this point, because as you and I have talked about in the past, you know, we're mostly made up of water. And, yes. you know, water responds to negativity. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as well as positive. And so Dr. Emoto you know, did all of that work years ago to show us how important it is to be thinking positive thoughts as opposed to negative thoughts. And here we are in the middle of a political and, you know, an international health crisis. Yes. And there's no place we can go to get away from it. Yes. And I think that that's where it becomes even more important because, you know, it was many years ago, having worked with kids for so long uh, in the counseling field, um, I often would talk with parents about, I believe the numbers like 11 more positives to outweigh the negatives when we speak. Mm -hmm. And it became kind of ingrained in me that, because I was teaching it all the time, right. <laughs> that you know how much power those negatives tend to hold for people and, and how they do more of that impression Mm -hmm. and damage. And so when we do it, because of course it happens sometimes, it's not always, you know, as even as we're shifting and changing and trying to become more intentional with our lives, we still have old patterns that we go into. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, you know, don't beat up yourself for it. Forgive yourself for what you've already done, but then look at how can I start adding in more right. of those encouragement, lifting statements, pointing out their qualities, pointing out the things we see in them, their light. And 
right now, I think that as adults too, we, we don't have that as much anyways. Like there's probably not a lot of cheerleaders running behind you or uh-huh. whatever saying you're doing a great job. Um, so already that's the case. And then this year there hasn't been a ton of that. Then you add in the negatives, like you said, or just the stressors. Mm-hmm. of what's truly happening that we do have to kind of keep ourselves aware of. It's not like we can completely shut it all out and just not pay attention to it. We've had to pay attention to some degree, no matter what. Right. So to outweigh those things that are really happening, I believe we need to add these other things in mass quantities, mm-hmm. you know, like radical amounts of paying attention to the, um, the beauty in our world, paying attention to the joy, the light, the peace that is there, the things you can appreciate and have gratitude for. And seeing that in ourselves too and boosting ourselves, I guess is another thing I was thinking, really seeing what's sacred within us, mm-hmm. which will be one of the things that I'll be talking about in this sadhana too. You know, how do we see ourselves as sacred? Because I don't think a lot of humans treat themselves as sacred. I would say the majority probably don't because uh, you grow up from the time, you know, you're old enough to kind of pay attention, uh, maybe around a year and a half to two. And the messages that quite often you're getting are that you could have done it better or, you know, you made a mess or, you know, something that wasn't, it didn't make your heart feel warm and fuzzy. And so we're much more um, acutely aware of the negative in ourselves because we're always giving that self-talk back that, you know, I could have uh, rather than looking at what we've done and and sort of giving ourselves at least a little pat on the back. Uh, Another thing that, you know, we're both acutely aware of is the importance of hugs. And hugs are something that are in small quantities these days. I mean, friends always gave each other a hug. And I believe the old um, expression was that it took 12 to actually thrive. I would guess, unless you're asking your spouse or your dog or <laughs> your cat yeah. to give you a hug these days, that you're you know running pretty low on the number of hugs that people are receiving. That's a really good point. Um, my my youngest son actually told me that statistic a number of years ago, uh-huh. <laughs> which I loved. He said, yes, mom, you need 12 hugs a day <laughs> to be like a happy human or something. I think that that's what he said. Uh-huh. I, I think a teacher had told him, which was awesome. He was a little guy at the time. And it's something that um, one of the things that I actually do with my yoga classes sometimes, which uh, you know, again, virtual, so we're not necessarily even around each other, but I have them cross their own arms around themselves and give themselves hugs, mm-hmm. like really holding and patting and touching because that is just that stimulation is helpful. And I, I think you're right. I mean, we're not getting that right now, um, which is something that physically boosts serotonin in your body, which is part of our, you know, that's one of the things they call like the happy, happy neurotransmitter, right? Um, Things our brain, our brain actually needs for us to feel emotions of Mm -hmm. happiness and joy and feeling positive. You know, one of the things that um, I have become aware of, and I was writing an article actually uh, for um, a newsletter but the importance of social exercising right now, because even though you're not uh, going to be touching one another, if you have your mask on, if you're walking, if you're um, maybe you know swimming, whatever people are doing, but it's the fact that if you have a little group that you're actually doing this with, it's like you check on each other. How are you doing? Yes. Um, you know, and just that simple little you know, question, how are you doing? Um, I've had a couple of people tell me that they've noticed mental decline in some older people that are not getting a lot of stimulation because they're not in groups. 
And because there's so much fear that if you're over the age of 65, you know, that you're more vulnerable. Well, I mean, that kind of depends on how healthy you are. Sure. And I realized that as people age, they may not be as healthy as they were in their 20s or 30s or 40s. But you can do something about that, you know, so that you age in a healthy way. But just the fact that there's so much more social isolation. And one of the things that I had heard that I'd pass along is that if you're checking in on an older individual or a couple, instead of just sitting with them, get them up and walk with them. Mm. Now, even if it's just a, a very small amount of walking to improve circulation, which then improves clarity in the brain. And yes. the fact that most of them are sitting and, you know, maybe eating things that are not real healthy and watching a lot of negative news is doing no favors for them. And, you know, uh, there, was a, there was a couple of years that I also, my main point of mental health practice was with individuals in assisted living and nursing home settings. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I noticed was those that I could um, either assist and facilitate them getting involved with the groups that were available or those that just already were involved with those groups, they did better both physically as well as emotionally and mentally in their processing, even if they did have a loss or something like that. Because a lot of times I would work with individuals through lost times at mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. Maybe a spouse had passed that they were still living with or whatever the case may be. And those, they did, they, they really um, made much quicker progress. And it helped, of course, keeping some of the mental acuity there for them too, to be involved in some of those groups. Um, I've also worked for a number of years with individuals with traumatic brain injury, both from counseling as well as adding, adding yoga in a few years back. And same with the traumatic brain injury, the repetitive movements help to rebuild the neural pathways so that the brain can function better and it can talk to each side, each hemisphere better. Mm -hmm. So, and there's been a lot of research on that. It's not just anecdotal at this point, which is awesome. Um, and you know, I was thinking when you were saying the walking too, it brings me back to the another way that we can reduce some of the heaviness for ourselves is just taking, I mean, I say just, but you know, simple, simple, short walks outdoors even if you live in a colder climate, even if you can manage for just a little bit outdoors, because I understand like, you know, where we are in Florida, it, it's cool right now, but it's nothing compared to other people. Right. So I know that may not be an everyday thing wherever you are, if, if it's December for you and it's wintry, um, but moving in nature if you can, or if for some reason you can't get outside, having something from nature inside even if it's a photo or a, a picture, mm -hmm. um, a painting even. But one of the things that's really helped me over the years uh, is flowers. I love to bring flowers indoors. Even here in Florida, I mean, I can see flowers outside too, but I like to bring them in because the energy of the flowers brings beauty into our home. Right. And just looking at one, I mean, you can take, a couple of minutes and focus on the beauty of a flower and it will lift your spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's even if you can't move and walk around as well, you know, maybe you're more, even if you were, even if you were bed bound or, you know, chair bound, right. another kind of pay attention to that, the simple things that can bring us that joy. Right. If it was possible, um, I mean, even the stores around here, some of them have beautiful little bouquets that are not terribly expensive. Right. And just to say, okay, I'm adding this into my budget once a month, just so I have that to look forward to, that I can bring, you know, that plants or those flowers home. I really prefer plants um, to flowers yes. most of the time because you can continue to enjoy them for months sure. and months and maybe years. I have a Christmas cactus that is out on my lanai that I've had for probably 25 years. And I prune it back. It is enormous, but I prune it <laughs> back 
um, after it blooms, usually by the middle of January to the 1st of February, when all the blooms are done. And then uh, I take about half of it off and it just keeps thriving. I, I keep thinking I'm, I'm going to need to repot it because I can't imagine that the roots are not, you know, terribly bound up after all these years, but it, it can. I love that. <laughs> so. You know, I have a bird of paradise uh, plant in front of my home that's been there. I don't even know how many years, probably 15 years, because um, I wasn't the I'm not the original owner of the home. Um, and I have a desk area with a window that faces that bird of paradise. Mm -hmm. And like you, I prune it occasionally, but it is humongous. And when it is blooming, I just stare at it for who knows how long, I mean, minutes and just look at this bird of paradise. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll go out and cut one off and bring it indoors and put it in a vase, just one on its own. I mean, they're pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Which by the way, you probably know this already about me, but I like to share it too. I was sharing this with one of my uh, yoga classes the other day. When I do um, bring things in from nature, uh, if I find something, I do ask uh, permission to take one of the flowers to enjoy inside. Mm -hmm. Because one of the other ways that we can look at nature and see its sacredness is to see that it's another living being just like it us. Is. It is, absolutely. It and it has a spirit. And... Um, and it, and it creates again, you know, like a, a conversation with nature. And I think that, that it's creating relationship where we, you mentioned already today, how we have less and less of that right now with mm -hmm. other humans. Mm -hmm. So I know it may seem a bit, um, you know, eclectic or unique to some that haven't tried this before, but creating a relationship with actual our I call them our cousins in nature the trees the the flowers even the you know the rocks the birds all of that water it really can be a powerful way to connect and and feel feel connected again where we have been feeling maybe more separate right um, I had not shared this with you but um, I will now I was in Georgia uh, back uh, towards the end of October up in the mountains and um, we knew um, that deer you know visited this particular cabin and they're wild deer and um, they you know give you a little bit of deer corn and we mm. picked up additional deer corn to give them and I had some apples and so the very first morning that we were there uh, we looked out the window and sure enough, you know, there were some beginning to come up to the yard and it was about 8, 8.15 in the morning. So fortunately it was warm and uh, I walked out onto the porch and they just stare at you. They, you know, <laughs> but there was one in particular, a female, because there was a, a little buck that was just beginning to develop his antlers. There was a couple of bigger bucks. Um, there were several other females, but there was one that connected somehow with me, you know, eye to eye. And as I'm walking toward her, she's walking towards me and I have an apple in my hand. And it was so interesting because she would stop and bow and then take a couple more steps wow. and stop and bow until she reached my hand. And then she took the apple right out of my hand. Well, that is a beautiful example of like an honoring sacred moment between mm -hmm. you and the deer and, you know, giving the offering and having the deer bow. I mean, I think that's, that's to me what happens when we start to pay attention in these ways right. and taking, taking 21 days to pay attention to something, it creates an, an energy of that magic happening. Right. And then it becomes a habit because that's, you know, that's the other reason why we, we might do these in yoga, we call them sadhanas, which really is just a Sanskrit word for committing, making a commitment to a practice. So it's just a Sanskrit word for saying that. Mm -hmm. uh, often you'll see people do like a 30 day something or 40 days of something. 
one of the reasons from a behavioral standpoint is it creates a new habit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything you, know, you do for 21 days or more, uh, you have changed those neural pathways. Yes. And so you're able to maybe drop a more negative, harmful habit for one that is more positive. And if you break, right. like if, if you go like 18 days and you break it, you have to start all over again. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, that's true because you do need the repetition for a period of time for the new, the, the new neural pathways to be formed. Right. And then after that, you're reinforcing them. Mm -hmm. But if they haven't formed, you can't reinforce them. So you're right. You would have to start over, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, if, if it's, uh, you know, a huge temptation, and you just have to go, oh, I just, I absolutely, I know I'm going to start over, but I have to have this, whatever. Yes. <laughs> so that's very and, true. And so I think that as, you know, for myself committing into this, seeing the sacred and the simple for these 21 days, what that, what I find that these times do for me is that I take that new habit into my everyday life. Mm -hmm. So you start to see another level of sacredness, whether it's honoring what's important for you, because that may mean letting go of other things, you know, like if what's sacred to me is uh, caring for my family, for example, being one of them, obviously you're going to have more than one thing usually. Um, but if caring for your family is one of your sacred things, but you notice that you're not really giving that much time and energy towards the family, mm -hmm. then it helps you look at that, I think, too, you know, and, oh, well, what if I could take time away from this thing that I actually have determined isn't sacred to me, which might even be something as simple as, you know, maybe social media is not really sacred to you. It's just fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's not sacred, then you can take time away from that to put towards the things that are. Right. So I think that's the other thing during this time too is, you know, I have noticed that people have been saying in all parts of my life this year that one of the things that happened when they went into more of a time that has been forced at times <laughs> to be quiet and still and alone possibly or only with a certain number of people that they have noticed the things that are actually important to them and the things that aren't. Mm -hmm. And that I think also speaks to, you know, ways that you can de-stress and unwind during this time is to pay attention to the things that truly you value and also look at where you're putting your energy possibly into things that you don't. Right. Right. Um, I would guess, you know, simple ways as we move towards Christmas, you mm -hmm. know, might be um, that the immediate family, the the people you've been living with that, you know, you're all safe, probably together. Yes. Um, you know, maybe go back to a, an old fashioned family tradition of making cookies together. Mm. Or, you know, like do a sing along uh, with Christmas songs. Um, yes. Or maybe put a puzzle together or play a game together. You know, just something that you wouldn't normally do because everybody would be in and out and about, and now yeah. they can't, and yet you can focus on each other. For me, um, you know, it might involve uh, cooking, you know, for uh, another person and just enjoying that whole process of putting like love, as you said, into your son's sandwiches, putting love into whatever it is you're making because it will taste different if you if yes. put love into it. There was a homeless man. Uh, this has been a number of months ago, but there was a homeless man at the park that I like to go to. And I had made a big um, salad, a shrimp salad. And, you know, uh, we'd gone over there to, because this park has represented uh, health and wellness in many, many respects. And it's a very spiritual place, but he was sitting there and I kind of felt like he was going to join us. And I wasn't sure about that, but I wanted to give him and offer him dinner. And his comment was so precious because as he took a couple of bites, he said, you can tell that this was made with love. Uh. And so it was just like, wow. I mean, 
we haven't decided whether he was an angel that was just sent <laughs> or yeah. whether he was, because I went to find him the next day and couldn't find him. And he said he was going to be staying in that park for a few days. Mm. And the thing that I noticed about him that was really unusual is his skin was absolutely luminescent. Wow. Not like a regular person's skin. And um, his eyes were a little bit different. And he just, he, he didn't act or look like your typical homeless individual. So I wondered about that afterwards, if he wasn't there just to provide a message. Oh, I love that. Oh, I really love that. And I, I think it just kind of brings me to another thought about when I think about seeing the light in people and being willing to see the light in individuals that some might not pay attention to or even kind of run away from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a reward in that, you know, you see the light in people and they respond to you with their light. Right. And him giving you that gift of, you know, saying that I can tell this is made with love and you all having that interchange was just really special for you enough that we're talking about it and then sharing it with whoever is, is to listen to this, right. you know, right. just seeing that light and power in people is, is really amazing. Well, and I, I really do feel like after December 21st that we have <clears throat> an option to move in that direction mm. that, um, you know, if our vibrational frequencies as a planet and as human beings on that planet are going to shift, which it's supposed to, then maybe we can focus on the very simple things in life and the sacredness that is all around us that we're forgetting to see. Yes. Yeah. It's very, it, it is a very, um, important and powerful time. And I see why I was guided because, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't, I really don't take any credit for the themes that come. Right. No. <laughs> I really feel like they just get dropped in and then reinforced when I ask for my signs. Um, right. Well, I, I can I, really I, see why this, this topic was given to me. I, I honestly, this whole past year, has been one, um, I would say, it, almost like an extreme example of awareness after mm -hmm. another. And just, you know, having your eyes and your ears, all of your senses open to receiving yes. um, messages. And I think when your focus does go there, that you have the opportunity for the universe to sort of show up and say, oh, I'm so glad you're aware. And we would like to give you some special gifts because you are aware. Yes. And I think all of us have the ability to do that. But there have been moments, certainly in the past, that we've been too busy, you know, just with our lives and failed to recognize that. And if COVID has brought nothing else to us, I think it has slowed us down and allowed us to maybe look around and truly appreciate what is here and that we don't have to constantly scramble to bring anything in because it's all here. Yes. Yes. I love that. And you know, it reminded me of a few years ago, one of my other sadness that I had created. And I, I think this was at a different time of year, like maybe a, I think it was summer, a summer solstice one. Mm -hmm. And Right during it, I had had an experience where I had gone um, on a hiking and mountain biking trip up to Alabama area, and I stayed um, with my partner in a in an old home that we had rented on an Airbnb. And I mean, like really old home where the the they had a like a book on how the whole house was created and had been updated over the years to be modern. But the creation of the house was made by stones that were literally taken from like the surrounding mountains. Oh, wow. And this, this home was built out of these stones. It was amazing. So it was a stone home and it had a front porch on it. 
And I did a yoga practice out on that front porch one morning. And as I was kind of wrapping up my own practice, I look and there was a snail just going across the porch, <laughs> low as a snail can go, right? right. And <laughs> on that trip, I really was feeling this. And this was, like I said, this was probably a couple of years ago now. I was really feeling the message that I, it was time for me to slow down, like slow down, mm -hmm. pay attention. And then later on the same trip, I saw a baby tortoise on a mountain bike trail. Like I, I, I've never seen that before. Uh -huh. So that whole trip was telling me to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I do find that sometimes we get our messages building up because um, as you know, I have been asking for signs and messages for many years now. And when I look back, because I'll journal about this stuff or I'll write it in the messages I send to others, I feel like that the universe helps me build up to when it's time to actually do the thing that it's showing me to do. Right. That makes sense. Right. So I feel like some, and maybe, maybe I could have, you know, started to slow down quicker, or maybe I really did actually begin to slow down because I tend to be a very fast paced person. And I always have a lot of projects going and, and different things I'm working on. And leading up to this, this year, I had a lot of that going on. And then, you know, basically March for us in Florida was when the breaks slammed and <laughs> I was like, whoa, I don't know that I've ever done this before where I've taken such time to pay attention. And it has allowed me to weed out some of the things for myself too, that maybe aren't as, as important for me. They aren't my work to do. Mm -hmm. There'll be someone else for those positions, you know, and to pull in my energy and focus on the things that I'm here for. During this time, because I do believe it changes at times too, and you can probably speak to that as well. That over, you know, different times in our life and different stages in our life, what is considered valuable and sacred to us probably changes and shifts. Oh, I'm sure it does because we change every single day. Yes. So I, I was uh, smiling to myself when you were talking about the snail. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little beach that's not too far. Um, you know, where the Gulf of Mexico actually does come in on the sand. Mm -hmm. And I had been there, it's probably been a month and a half now, but I, I had been over there and just walking along, you know, took, took my shoes off and was just in the uh, sand and the water. And where I walked up, I don't know whether you've ever seen these really small snails. I mean, they're, they're like the size of your baby uh, fingernail, maybe. Yes. You know, they are tiny. Well, evidently the tide had been in and had receded. And so there were literally probably hundreds of these little bitty tiny snails. And they were moving. You know, they, they oh, wow. were actually making these little trails in the sand. And it was the trail that I spotted before I spotted the snail because they were that small. And I was trying to figure out what was making all of these little <laughs> lines and the lines would cross over. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought that was so much like life, that mm. our paths intertwine, they cross over, and yet we all move in, in a, a path that is individually and uniquely ours. And oh, yet we cross over each other. And I thought that was just so cool. Yeah. And I, again, I mean, there's like a sacredness in that too. It's another point that I've talked about, which is, you know, the sacred path that we have is, that each of us has is unique, right? It's right. no one else can do exactly what you're here to do. And, um, <laughs> you're gifted with it already. It's, I think you said, um, something about allowing, allowing ourselves to, well, lots of things, but allowing ourselves to become that, that uh, person that we're meant to be in life is part of honoring what's sacred about each of us. Right. And then there are some individuals, I feel like 
so many of the guests that I get to have on the show, obviously including you, but I think we're a gift to one another, um, you know, and it is a sacred gift. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe that some people are in your life for a very long time, maybe a lifetime, others a short period of time, but we're all gifts to each other. And it's yes. up to us to sort of figure out what that gift is and whether, you know, we move on or not is, is up to us. But, you know, sometimes we just encounter a person and there was an individual several months ago that was at Lido beach, you know, down in the, the Sarasota area. Yeah. And I know she walked up um, to my friend and I, and she said, looking at the two of you gives me such joy. And it was just out of the blue you know, and we, mm. we kind of looked at each other and what was like, wow, what a beautiful statement. So it's a little bit like the person that we think might be an angel, you know, yes. saying, you know, this uh, was obviously made with love. And so we have the opportunity every single day to do something simple. Um, hopefully it'll be without a mask soon and just giving a smile to a person, holding a door for a person, you know, telling somebody, hey, you look awesome today but yeah. something that is a positive in that individual's life and those are simple things to come back to you know what absolutely is you know seeing the very sacred quality of these simple things that we can do yes and you're right i mean those simple sacred gifts are sometimes and really often individuals and i've had experiences just like you where i feel like someone really was just possibly an angel that came into my life and just dropped a statement and then it stuck with me for years mm -hmm. but i've not seen that individual again yeah. and you know you right. kind of wonder right. um i think that those those individuals are sacred gifts but like you said really everybody is a gift sometimes we do have to pay attention to what that gift is for us right it's and not always obvious right. <laughs> and sometimes the gift might be a little uncomfortable you know Definitely. but it's still a gift <laughs> it is, still a yes gift. <laughs> victoria i have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today please tell everybody where to find you once more sure uh, you can find me easiest by visiting me at hypniquestudio.com, which is the website, and actually on Facebook as well as Instagram, it would also be Hypnique Studio. So um, that's the best place to connect with me right now to see all the things that I have to share with you all. All right. Um, and, you know, again, reminding everyone that if you want to take a class and you're living in Kentucky or Massachusetts or California, you can do this as a virtual class with Victoria. So it does not have to be an in-person. And if nothing else, COVID has also taught us that we can work from home. We can have our businesses uh, yes. on a virtual level. And, uh, you know, we're not limited by how close is this store to us. I mean, most of us have been um, very good at getting on Amazon and other websites, <laughs> ordering what we need. <laughs> so Yes. Oh. And thank you so much, Lucy. It was such fun today talking about finding the sacred in the simple with you. Well, as we move closer and closer to Christmas, um, you know, I want to take a moment to wish everyone an absolutely beautiful Christmas season. Um, I know that uh, many of you won't be able to be with family and friends, but try to find, you know, the beauty in the holidays. And uh, maybe if nothing else, uh, you know, put some peanut butter on a pine cone and go feed some birds, sprinkle <laughs> bird seed around. Um, but uh, please come back and join us. We are on all four major platforms now. So uh, you'll be able to find the podcast easily enough. And it's wonderful to have each and every one of you listen um, to my guest and to the thoughts that we want to share on a weekly basis. So thank you again. And make sure that you go out there and live your best life. Bye-bye for now.
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.